So welcome to this episode of The Shredder Show, and today we're going to talk through all things cognitive performance and brain optimization. Uh, it's a pleasure to have Carl on board, who's one of our elite coaches with CJ Coaching, who has a huge passion and knowledge for optimizing brain function and performance uh, and pretty much everything in life. So thank you very much for having me on your podcast, Carl. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, just to give a quick anecdote on Carl as well, dude speaks five languages, so it's like super intelligent. And spent, well, spends a lot of the year living in Siberia and also speaks Russian and has a Russian wife slash girlfriend. So uh, on, on a random side note. So he's an interesting chap. Um, so <laughs> today's episode, we're talking about cognitive function and why this is important. And one of the big things that we teach clients about is becoming aware of how certain things make them think and feel. And this for me really comes to the forefront after my wife's birthday on Sunday. Um, and again, not eating how I would normally. I had maybe two glasses of red wine and then how on Monday my brain feels like a congealed mess where it's like trying to drive a car with a handbrake on. So that's why we wanted to speak today about the importance of cognitive function and how you can improve your thought processes, your mind, and then get better results in life. So what are your thoughts on that, Carl? Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I've spent the entire day fasting as well as, as well as most of yesterday because of how much it improves my own um, cognitive function. Whenever I have a meal, um, it, 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 it's sort of neuroinflammatory, especially carbohydrates. So, and, and I feel that especially after a huge meal, like you just said, like you experienced in the weekend. Um, hence why, I, why today I've been fasting. So, but, but it is a, an important um, topic to cover for various reasons. And that's because as we age, we experience a lot of cognitive changes. So, for example, one thing that goes is our long-term, what they call declarative memory. Um, there's two types. One is semantic, which is essentially your memory of facts. And the other one is episodic, which is basically your personal experience. And that's one thing that starts to decline with age, as well as our working memory, which is essentially how many pieces of information you can hold at one time actively. So basically, if you're, if you're thinking of, you know, oh, I've got to get my car keys, plus I've got to tell John to do this and, and Krija to do that. And I've got five other things. That's all stuff that you're holding in your working memory, right? Not your long-term memory. And that starts to decline as well. Um, plus our attention span starts to decrease. So our selective attention, which is the stuff that we sort of allows us to tune, uh, allows us to tune things out and focus on one thing and also our divided attention. So like we can generally focus on a couple of things maybe, right? It's what they call multitasking, but that's something that, that sort of decreases as well um, with age. Some things seem to improve with age, um, but generally we want to keep a close eye on optimizing our brains. Something interesting I think about is like how a, a computer system uses RAM in terms of like active memory. And that's almost how your brain works. And I think I feel a lot of the time, and you can probably see this working with me, that my RAM is like maxed out most of the time. I need to put another chip in to try and increase that. And that's yeah. where it comes down to trying to be maybe more organized and structured with what you're doing. So these things that you have floating around in your head aren't floating around in your head and you put them into a computer system, a pen and paper, or tell whoever's supposed to be doing it to do it. Exactly. Delegating, right? Which is a huge thing we've been working on is just like, 
putting all that stuff out of your brain. And I think that's why a lot of people like now suffer with anxiety and overwhelm. And I put a post up yesterday, uh, this morning about um, people being addicted to social media and how like, the world comes to an end when you can't go on Facebook, Instagram, or WhatsApp suddenly. And a weird part of me is like, this is quite nice because you can't go on there and just aimlessly scroll at shit. Um, yeah. Which I think yeah. is almost like rotting and destroying your brain. And I think one thing a lot of people should be aware of is that often your own thoughts aren't actually your own conscious thoughts. They're the, the manipulations of what you see on a daily basis that affect your opinion of the world. Yeah. And it's habitual as well, right? We have these habitual thoughts as well that we don't even sort of are conscious of that, that they are a habit. So we keep um, focusing on something negative as a habit rather than just, you know, because it's something that we should be focusing on. And that's what's um, interesting is that then by the time you're 35, 95% of your brain is pretty much hardwired. So all these things about the way you think and feel are pretty much set in terms of they are habits and they become personality traits. And that's why it becomes very difficult to then almost unlearn these habits. And you only have like 5% of room to really play with. Yeah. And your brain, your brain is like, it's kind of like your joints and your muscles. If you don't take care of them as you age, they will get stiff. So, and this is because of, well, it's because we, we, cease to well a lot of people cease to learn and improve and take care of their brains but also there's there's actual changes in the structure of it so like after your 30s 40s and especially around your 60s your brain's volume actually starts shrinking um especially the frontal lobes and parts of the temporal lobes um and your neurons as well so like the the dendrites which are sort of the extensions of your neural neurons uh, they'll start to retract with age. And there's also a drop in synapses between brain cells and many such other, th uh, other such things. 100%. Now, when we come to obviously the top of the podcast in terms of optimizing cognitive function, what would you say the first things, like the low-hanging fruit people should look to address first? Uh, I, I think it, it's hard to pick one of the three, um, but I'm going to go with sleep. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so um, I think everybody's pretty much familiar with uh, Matthew Walker, who is the lead sleep scientist. He wrote an awesome book called Why We Sleep. Um, and basically insufficient sleep pretty much affects every single function in our body, from our immune system to our cardiovascular system, reproductive system, and of course, our cognitive function. So not having sleep makes just makes everything worse. It's not, a, it's not even about optimizing. It's just about not having shit go bad in the first place. So if you don't want worse memory, reduced learning, overall cognitive ability, you need to nail that down first. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's one of the things I'm very aware of as well is the fact that when if you push yourself too hard uh, in terms of from a work perspective and you're tired all the time, your then ability to make informed good decisions then goes out the window and as does your creative flair, as your brain is almost like running on overdrive, it can't really function. I think one of the mistakes a lot of people make is they then try and hammer stimulants and caffeine to fire up their adrenal glands and then all you're really doing in that expression is you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, almost borrowing future energy reserves to try and keep yourself going. But at some point, 
you are going to hit the wall and it's going to hit it hard. Yeah, yeah. You, you keep um, blocking the adenosine receptors in your brain when you take caffeine, but those aren't going to be blocked forever. And as soon as you know they're sort of unblocked, very loosely speaking, that caffeine is going to get uh, that uh, sort of lack of caffeine is going to hit you hard, so to speak. And it it what you said about you know uh, it, it affecting your hormones, right? It if you don't have your sleep right, all of your hormones are fucked. Your testosterone is fucked. Uh, your dopamine, your serotonin, cortisol. everything is out of whack. Your cortisol. And guess what cortisol is? A fat storage hormone. And that's why when people don't sleep properly and they're very stressed, which also drives cortisol, that's why they struggle to lose weight. Yeah. Which is also why when people go on holiday and they're super relaxed and they sleep more, they often actually end up losing weight, which is very counterproductive to what most people think. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. I noticed that about myself, actually. Whenever I take a break, sort of my, my physique just improves, despite me being sort of more lack on the things that I should be um, strict on, like diet and exercise. On a really random side note, I actually find that my body looks better the less I train, at least I train a lot of the time because it's less stressed and inflamed. And like one of the things that I would say is one of the big things people need to focus on for cognitive function is reducing stress. And managing that because that's one of the things that will really come away from your ability to think clearly and i think a lot of things we have now are too many distractions in society so i think a lot of people need to be aware of their environment they're in and how they set themselves up for the day and set themselves up for success so having people i, I cannot understand why people have phone notifications like that would drive me like fucking insane you like things like that just constant dis distractions and you can't actually get on with anything and that's actually how you have a very stressed messy brain is by having constant distractions things popping up in front of you all the time yeah um i guess that that brings us on to obviously these these, these tips aren't in order so sleep is is the big one i would say but then the other one is reducing stress and anxiety um for all the reasons that you've just mentioned and I would add to that that um, anxiety actually turns off brain growth factors. It actually reduces neurogenesis. And neurogenesis is one of the most important things. We'll, we'll go into it a little bit later to improve cognitive function. Um, but yeah, anything that reduces anxiety, meditation, exercise itself, right? Breath work, that's all going to help. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm not the sort of person I, I struggle to sit there and meditate. So for me, exercise is a very good way to relieve stress and distract myself from things going on in the world. Because when you're deadlifting, I don't know, I did, did deadlift today, deadlift 220 kilos. When you're doing that, you're not thinking about, oh, I need to pay this bill this afternoon. I need to email someone. I need to message so-and-so. I need to set up this Instagram post, whatever like the, those things will just disappear and it gives you absolute clarity because you can only focus on one thing at a time. And imagine if you could have that absolute clarity all the time when you do every single task in life, how much more efficient you could be. And that's almost what we're striving to achieve so that you can have supreme focus and clarity when you deal with one thing and then go on to the next thing and the thing after rather than what happens with most people is they're so scatterbrained all over the show that they dip in and out of a million things and nothing ever really gets finished. Yeah. When you're, when you're deadlifting 200, 210 kilos, um, th there's nothing like that to keep you in the present moment. Yeah. Um, 
your your body's not going to be thinking of like shit i don't have eggs for breakfast whilst a fucking tiger is you know chasing you <laughs> and that goes back to our fight or flight response where our sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system works it's just like manipulating that and that's actually one of the things we can do even in terms of like breath work when training is taking in if you take in a few short breaths very quickly through like your nasal cavities a very quick way to try and turn on your uh, nervous system and get it fired up um and that's something i actually picked up from ben Bukowski. so there's a lot of different ways and different techniques you can learn to manipulate how the body actually works and response and how to put yourself in different sort of moods and it's that's why i'm a big fan of habits and structure because you then things become routine and i think your body almost likes routine and knows how to respond to certain things like eating the same time every day training the same time of day i don't know, you take a pre-workout at whatever time having that like structure your body likes rather than living the ad hoc fit, fitness gypsy life traveling around the world yeah it's a sort of lifestyle as well that keeps your brain on high alert the whole time which again affects so many other things like um we were we were away for a couple of marketing events uh, and just because we're sleeping in a different location the aura ring will tell you this suddenly your your deep sleep is fucked and your REM sleep isn't the same because your body is in that sort of hyper alert, alert state whilst when you're in a habitual state and things are structured part of part of your brain can relax you know the the fight or flight response isn't there you, you don't have to keep alert um i think this is a random fact i think uh, matthew walker mentioned is that dolphins sort of sleep with half their brains turned on all the time and that's because they have to be alert for predators and that's sort of what happens to our brains when we're sleeping in a different location i think it might be a dolphin then apparently yeah. I, charlotte tells me sometimes apparently i sleep my eyes open really so I actually, so this is random as well. One of the things I suggest people improve their sleep quality is by having the same routine. So two things in my strange sleep routine, which I have covered on a previous podcast episode, which was about three episodes ago. So please listen back for the full explanation of that, or you can watch it on YouTube. Um, are using nasal strips and using a, a, like a Manta face mask I use to cover my eyes. So I'm really sensitive to light when I sleep, probably because I sleep with my eyes open a lot. Um, but again, that, that's a way to try and hack a different environment is having the same, same things you have at home in a different environment because I brought this subject up with Carl before in terms of how your body gets affected by different hotels and stuff. When I lived in, I basically lived in a hotel for two months in Dubai earlier in the year, uh, the Conrad, it was very nice. And the, I could not get my readiness score and my aura ring above like 84 no matter what I did within three days of being home, I hit 90, which is just a prime example of like what we were just discussing, how your body knows if you're in a different environment. And it's just something to be aware of and how to try and mitigate that in different circumstances, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's insane. I had no idea people actually managed to fall asleep with their eyes open. I'd heard of it. <laughs> I, I, don't I, think I, I don't think I actually fall asleep with my eyes open, but I think I have like, I think I'm like part dolphins. I have one eye open sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like someone coming out but the cupboard or something. I'm worried, but um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to use uh, that 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 super duper eye mask that you've got. Then yeah, huge sort of pillows. Um, on another slightly weird topic, another thing I have tried before, which Patrick McKeon recommended, who wrote the book The Oxygen Advantage, who I've also done a podcast with, which is further back on the channel. So go and have a look at that. 
um, was actually using a mouth tape to stop you breathing through your mouth at night, so it forced you to breathe through your nose. I felt like a, an S&M victim. I couldn't do that. That was too much. So the nasal strips. So you tried it. So you yeah, tried, yeah, yeah. I tried, tried mouth taping. It's fucking awful. Ah. Also Charlotte's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, but you don't, do you, do you normally sleep with your uh, mouth open then? Um, <clears throat> not necessarily. When I use nasal strips, I don't. And when I'm heavier, I, I, it affects me a bit, but I struggle to sleep on my back. Um, I have to sleep on my side. So yeah, I think it's probably because weight is, causes issues for that respect so that's uh, that's super interesting um i was just watching um a podcast uh with with brett weinstein and a guy called mike mew who is uh pretty much like the only or the first orthotropist um he's all about optimizing facial structure because that essentially affects how your entire body is wired the jaw is a big one in that right yeah yeah um it's all about posture and like not just sitting in a certain posture but where you rest your tongue uh, against your palate and sort of the the forces that that you create when you swallow for example whilst your tongue pushes against your palate which uh, creates a small force in your maxilla which is uh this sort of part where your cheekbones are uh i'm not too well versed on it but he, he they talked about sleep apnea and essentially how breathing with your mouth uh breathing through your mouth whilst you sleep is so detrimental um because you're putting more more pressure on the blood flow um to your brain as well as to any clearing of toxins from your brain which is obviously a very crucial uh process that happens whilst you sleep it also means your nervous system's constantly turned on and flared up. Because if you think about it from a, a physiological point of view, when do you mouth breathe? It's when you're out of breath, as in like you've just been fighting a tiger in the jungle or something. Yeah. Um, so and your body relaxes when you breathe through your nasal cavity. So if you're not breathing through your nose, you're breathing through your mouth all night, it will definitely increase your blood pressure and also increase your body being constantly uh, in a state of high alert which is going to have a negative impact on everything with your body, including your cognitive function. That makes a lot of sense that way. I hadn't thought of it uh, from that sense. 100%. Um, going back to the a bit about the parasympathetic nervous system. So one of the best ways to, to increase your cognitive function as well is basically improving something called cholinergic transmission in your brain. Um, and for for a bit of context people with dementia are given something called acetylcholinesterase inhibitors which means that it it, it basically stops uh the breakdown of acetylcholine in the brain and acetylcholine is essentially the chief neurotransmitter of the parasympathetic nervous system and so it plays a massive role in, in memory learning um, and various other roles like basic stuff like dilating blood vessels, contracting smooth muscles, and, and a myriad of, of other functions. So, and, and there's so many ways to improve cholinergic transmissions without obviously having to take drugs for dementia um, that are lifestyle related. 100%. And you, you refer to drugs there. So I think it's be an interesting topic to go into in terms of 
from a supplementation point of view, is there anything you'd recommend uh, in, in terms of improving cognitive function? Ah, uh, where to begin? Um, so obviously the pharmaceutical stuff, like people at dementia take, take like donazepil, uh, donapazil, something like that. Um, they work pretty well, but we can, there's, there's lots of herbal, uh, herbal, however you pronounce it, supplements, uh, as well. So, uh, stuff that's frequently found in nootropic supplements, like ginkgo biloba is one of them. Berberine, um, huperzine A is a very popular one. Um, we, we need to work on a, on a nootropic eventually. Alpha GPC is a good one as well. Yeah that works on the choline like receptors a lot so that's again a very powerful thing i'd highly recommend most people use most nootropics tend to use a lot of alpha gpc yeah that's that's true that's uh actually i've taken one today and i think it contains alpha gpc um uh there, there's a bunch of other stuff um that that's more obviously uh less less recommended in a sense because they're they're like prescription drugs as well um that that improve attention and things like plasticity like adderall uh ritalin modafinil exactly um but but they do have they can have like a come down effect right and a lot of them cause uh sleep issues as well so um where you literally cannot sleep at all and you get what's the word that you can't sleep called insomnia insomnia you get insomnia so that's probably not something that's going to help and in terms of talking about long-term performance when i was referring to robbing peter to play pool in terms of stimulants that's very much what starts to happen when you start using these sort of drugs which improve your body's ability to get your synapses to fire faster and almost like overclocking your brain like you overclock a computer like mm-hmm. you can only do that for so long until it's not going to last yeah and then then you burn out for the next day or two um the last thing i want to leave on a fight finishing note one of the big things that i think people need to be aware of cognitive function is having a low inflammatory low inflammatory diet so keeping inflammation down in the body is vital for overall health and limiting disease inflammation is the number one cause of uh pretty much disease and death full stop so not having foods that are going to cause that would be anything for example that's going to flare up your gut so 77 percent of your immune system is based within your digestive tract if you're eating things that your stomach doesn't agree with such as gluten dairy processed foods whatever it might be um that is going to have an inflammatory effect which can have a negative effect on absolutely everything and one of the biggest things that i notice a lot is again like i referred to earlier is my inability to think clearly when i've been eating shit junk food or stuff i shouldn't be eating the next day my brain feels like it's on still in first gear if that makes sense yeah that 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 pretty much covers it um then anything of course as usual that improves neurogenesis or improves cholinergic transmission those are the key right you want to hit all your micros um there's a study with 311 people that had cognitive impairment half of them Obviously, we're given a, a specific supplement, but it's basically just your essential uh, micronutrients uh, and some fatty acids, some polyunsaturated fatty acids to be specific. And they showed remarkable, remarkable improvements versus the group that obviously didn't have the supplement, which you can just get through good nutrition. 100%. 
And my one final gift for anyone with this, if you're starting to struggle, struggle with concentration later in the day, try adding, try having a strong serving of electrolytes and that will help. That's a really easy way to fix your focus. Um, and that's one of the things that happens is your brain tends to get depleted of electrolytes. You tend to struggle to concentrate and your brain, brain struggles to almost fire properly. So I would suggest giving that a try. Uh, I hope everyone found this episode of The Trader Show helpful and excitement as always. Um, make sure you share us your stories, leave us a five-star review. And also, if you want any free help and training from us, if you head over to our website, cjcoachingcommunity.com, you can join our Facebook group for free, which is free training. Or if you want any help from me directly or Carl or anyone else in the team, drop me a direct message on Instagram, LinkedIn, um, or Facebook, just saying you listen to the podcast and you'd love to learn more about brain function. And we'll catch up with you next episode of The Shredder Show.